am here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm going to be interviewing Ajani Winston, who is a capoeira teacher and practitioner, and we're going to be going over the spirituality of capoeira and how it can help you in your personal spiritual growth and development. So welcome to Getting Started with Jesus, Ajani. Hey there. Uh, thank you for having me and allow me to be here to share a little bit of a journey that I've gone on and still currently in. Okay, wonderful. So tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got started with Capoeira, and exactly what is Capoeira? So uh, early in my life, my high school years, I experienced, uh, unfortunately, I was in a coma for about two weeks, which left me later on suffering from severe migraines and things. And I couldn't really engage in physical activities while I was in high school. So no basketball team or football team. But mm -hmm. once I got past that stage, I was maybe 17, 16, 17 years old. Uh, I started to get into martial arts. Okay. Um, and oddly enough, I started doing uh, kickboxing uh, with my sister. And we were training with the guy who actually came up with Chuck Norris. And I didn't stay with it long, but I had a chance to get into it and realize I love martial arts. Um, and so when I went away into college, I, uh, I, I'm an artist, visual artist, but uh, I was studying media arts and journalism at the time. And I would, you know, after school and on the weekends, I would study and train. Uh, also early on, uh, I was introduced to a trinity. Well, I would say there are different trinities that exist and we know it on a spiritual level. But uh, my first teacher, we would talk about mental, physical and tactical skills. Okay. And we would meditate on this after a, you know, a really hard class and you, you kneel. I mean, you're at the point where you can barely stand up, but you're kneeling and you're thinking about uh, that idea. This, uh, do you have the physical ability to do things? Mm -hmm. Do you have the mental ability to manage yourself and what you're dealing with? Um, and to continue to pursue it? Mm -hmm. And do you have the tactical ability to, to have the discernment and the awareness of what's going on and a way to put these other parts at play? And you could take these things that you learn in martial arts and apply them to things that are outside of that confrontation. Is martial arts a more of a defensive art or is it an aggressive art where you are really trying to hurt your opponent? It depends. Okay. It depends on the person and the situation and the individual goals. So in most times you'll hear martial arts, but a lot of times it's also referred to self-defense. Yes. Which means that you're trying to get yourself out of danger uh, if, if it were to occur. And mm -hmm. what you'll find, and I challenge people with this, uh, how often do you hear about people who've trained martial arts on the news? Mm -hmm. Rarely do you hear them about, about them getting into a fight or anything because for the most part, people who do train and study this don't look for trouble. They want to look for ways out of trouble. But then at the same time, when you hear the word martial arts, that means that a lot of times this comes from a military background, um, especially in uh, Asian traditions where the soldiers would study this art. So when we think of, uh, again, I started with karate, but karate comes from Japan and the origin of karate was really uh, Japanese citizens fighting against the samurai. And the samurai had their own traditions and hierarchies of different things that they studied, whether it was swordplay, archery, 
uh, archery on horseback, calligraphy, which is a fine art, poetry, which is the haiku. Mm -hmm. um, and even if you were to say uh, swordsmanship, uh, not just being able to draw the sword, but to, the, uh, to use a sword, but to draw the sword, to draw the sword from a kneeling position. Mm. Um, so you find all these different layers and it's dependent upon the individual and what they want to pursue. So the other thing within martial arts, we say, well, it's not really the martial arts system, it's the individual practitioner and how they've pursued what they're practicing. That's very interesting because it's not based on this huge physical strength. I, I hear you talking about, you haven't said it, but there's a mental capacity, there's a spiritual capacity, and there's a physical capacity in this martial art that right. kind of brings it into the individual practitioner's realm to, to master, That's to, to right. get better in themselves. Yeah. It's interesting, especially since you bring that up uh, about the physicality. I... Uh, you know, in college, like a lot of young men, I started lifting weights. I wanted to build some muscle mass and get bigger, get faster, get stronger. And I'm, I'm not a big person, so a lot of the people who I trained with were bigger than me, uh, easily bigger than me. I'm five foot nine, uh, and my training partners, some of them were, you know, of course, taller than six foot. So mm. I also had to learn how to manage challenges that were greater than my own physical stature. So mm. again, it became more about my tactics for dealing with a stronger opponent mm -hmm. uh, or a faster opponent or a slower opponent who was still bigger and later uh later on uh i decided to move to georgia for graduate school i went to scad the big art school and i was fortunate enough to move two doors down from a person who was a student of just basically the the uh, a living legend in the art of capoeira angola okay All so right. so this uh this this teacher at the time he had studied with a grandmaster of capoeira angola for about a decade or so at that time and was traveled out on his own pilgrimage to teach and to spread this art and here i was um you know i'd heard of capoeira mm -hmm. because at the time there was uh when i was younger there was a movie called only the strong and it was about this guy who was had entered this high school and there were gangsters and thugs and he had introduced the uh pretty much what a lot of people in capoeira do we, we we want to spread it because it is a gift and at the same time there were these gangsters out there who were trying to get rid of this guy so he's using this dancing art mm -hmm. to defend himself um so you hear about this mythological dance martial art you see in this movie and you think ah whatever like what are the chances you'd ever see that in life? Mm -hmm. And there was a video game at the time that had a character who used the art. And so for most of us in the States, that's the reference point that we have of this, this art. That's all you know of. And it's weird in life that there are things that you could know of, but you really don't know it. You really, yes. you know, you only know it from the little bit that you have seen, but that doesn't tell you the whole picture. And you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So when I met this guy, I was like, wow, he's teaching Capoeira. Like, oh, wow, wow, I could actually learn this. And again, whatever art I could get my hands on, I would study it. So, of course, I wanted to study with him. But what he was doing looked different mm -hmm. from what I had seen of the art in my small degree of knowing. And he, he told me something that was strange to my young 23-year-old mind. He said, this is a healing art. Okay. Which, okay, of the different things I had seen of martial arts. No one ever said, well, yeah, we do this martial art to heal. I'd never 
heard that concept. Right. And he's out, he's, he's just relaxing outside in front of his school, which was, I guess at the time, it was, it used to be a, a small bank that, you know, they had, he had took a lease on this abandoned bank. Mm-hmm. And he's playing this weird instrument. It looks like a, a fishing pole of some sort. And he's, you know, he's, he's just leaning back in his chair playing this instrument. Saying, yeah, you know, I'm just playing my bit about. And, and really, you, you imagine this guy who might, you know, hours a day, if you just walk by this quiet street, he should sit out front playing this unique instrument that, mm-hmm. you, you you know, it's really unusual to see. So, this, is, this is an instrument that goes with the actual art. Yes. Okay, so, so, right. so with Capoeira, what makes it unique is that it's not just a martial art. You can say it's a martial art, but that's like describing, um, I don't know, like what's the best example? If we were to say a horse is just a mammal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, well, yeah, it's a mammal, but there's more to it than just being a mammal. Right. right? You, can, exactly. you can attach a carriage to it. You can race on them. Exactly. You know? so, so capoeira is like that. It's many things. It's a, it's a martial art. It's a spiritual art. It's a way of, it's, uh, it has music. It has dance. It's a type of meditation. It builds community and it's a way for people to connect and interact. Mm-hmm. Um, and not everyone who pursues this art is able to take advantage of all these gifts that it has. Again, it's, you know... It's the from, healing aspects of it as yeah, well. Yeah, there are layers to it. Mm-hmm. So so not only... Not, not just because this was a, a healing art, um, this doesn't mean that it's just like some... A, a joke or just some pastime. Because at the time... Uh, and this was in Savannah, Georgia in the early 2000s, um, this teacher had a, rep- uh, a reputation, uh, and they called him the Cat Man. Mm-hmm. For a while, there was a documentary you could find on YouTube. It kind of disappeared, but some of the uh, art students had made a documentary film about him called the Cat Man because, I, I guess at the time, a, a local knucklehead thought this guy was a joke mm-hmm. and wanted to get into a fight with him and the people who saw it were like look this dude just turned into a cat on him and, i mean you can imagine an adult right. you pick your imagine your strongest adult arnold schwarzenegger like right. how would he do fighting a puma right right and, and that's what happened to this guy who thought he could fight mm-hmm. the cat man right so mm-hmm. um and, and so to give you an example and i i, I have no hesitation in telling this story to people but uh i, I started training with him and uh, again, I'm, I'm about 190, all muscle. I, I was pretty sure of my strength. You know, I'm bench pressing mm-hmm. 340 and I'm curling 50 pound dumbbells. And the guy's like, yeah, you should uh, work out with my daughter. <laughs> and, I, and I look over at this 11 year old girl and I was like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. You, you know, he's like, yeah, you'll be okay. I says, I'll be okay. And uh yeah, this girl was mopping the floor with me, basically. Um, and it <laughs> she was, was good. She was good because her father, father. Had, had a lot of time in Capoeira. Yes. And uh, he, had, he had a lot of children. All of his children practiced the art. And uh, again, it was the example of her tactical skills mm-hmm. on display. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm starting Capoeira and this little girl is running circles around me. And it's one thing to be outmatched. It's another thing to be outmatched while the person is smiling at you and what that does to you psychologically. And so uh, I'm experiencing things in the art of combat that I've never experienced before from this little girl, but from also her father, who's a teacher. Because if you think she had a, a 
mischievous smile, he definitely would give you this look mm-hmm. that you would know, like, okay, I'm in trouble here. And this, I, I could tell by the face that they've got some things in their cookbook for me to eat, and I'm not ready for that meal. <laughs> right, right. Um, a little advanced, little, some advanced moves. And, yeah. and, 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 and I was hooked at that time. Now, also at this time, I was not a, a big dancer. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any talent musically. I wasn't a singer, couldn't play any instruments. And in Capoeira, there's a lot of dance, a lot of music, a lot of instruments. And, I, and also, I was in graduate school, so I, could, I couldn't be as dedicated to the art as I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was able to, you know, get what I could while, I, while, I, while they were available. And unfortunately, after about a year and a half time, my uh, teacher decided to relocate to Philadelphia. Okay. So, but you learned some of the basic skills and some of the, you were challenged by his daughter and you began to delve into this I mean, I was, arena. Yeah. A little bit more and more. I, I was still a baby in the art and oddly enough, even, even 20 years later, as I got even deeper into art, I'll, I'll forever feel like a baby no matter how, because there's so much to learn and experience in the art. But uh, I just got a, a sampling and a taste. I, I hadn't developed the ability to really use it tactically, but I had enough to know that, wow, this is a thing out there and a possibility. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, I get married. I got married, I had a baby, and I bought a house all in the same year. Wow. Um, there were some challenges within my family as far as my parents and their health and mental health and other things. Just just a lot of stress hitting me at the same time. Okay. Uh, I found myself going through a bit of a depression. My first marriage was really difficult. Um, the things with my, again, things with my parents are difficult. This was around the time of the recession. So there were just a lot of things going on. I was going to work every day. And this, these were the, the routines of life. And I wasn't happy. Okay. And I thought about the times where I was most happy. Uh, this is also maybe a little bit before the time of the, you know, Michael Brown and things like that. Uh, but those things were still present. You know, as a, as a black man, you're always dealing with this relationship. And a big yes. part of it was um, the gentrification that was going on in the Washington, D.C. area. Okay. You know, this place that was Chocolate City was not looking like Chocolate City anymore. Okay. And the things that were familiar were no longer there to be familiar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a, and a lot of people in this country are experiencing this where what is your home? Is no longer, it's gone. And once it's gone, it's gone forever. So this depression had me thinking, when was the last time that I was happy in life? Mm-hmm. Um, As you were going through this time with the depression and issues in marriage and raising of your children, your, your, your daughter and your parents' concerns, you decided to go back to something that would give you some peace some comfort some direction yeah and mm-hmm. and there's a usefulness for for prayer and meditation but then sometimes you need other tools mm-hmm. right um if your house is on fire and you pray about it i mean that can help you but you're also still in a burning house that's right you're still experiencing it and at that time there's nothing i could do to stop the gentrification that was occurring mm-hmm. But I needed to feel connected. So uh, thinking back, I found that I had experienced a common solution that in Capoeira, I found 
I, I guess the bigger question was, as a black male, what were the things that I participated in in life that were designed for my well-being mm. as a black male? Okay. Which is tricky. This means that the language I speak is wrapped in something that's not really healthy for me. Mm -hmm. Going to school is great, but there are some holes there, right? The college degrees, the work, there's something wrong there. The marriage, there's something quite not right there. Um, uh, you know, each thing that I thought about, you know, that I pursued in life, you know, there, there's an incomplete pattern. But in Capoeira, I had found something that was so unique and so fulfilling in my life. And I, you know, I hadn't done it in a while. And I was also feeling some really bad aches in my knees. You know, again, in my 30s, I'm like, oh, these stairs. Right. Um, and so I found out that there was a thriving Capoeira community in D.C. at that time. Really? I went and I visited a guy who had also studied within the same lineage as my first teacher. And in fact, uh, you know, I, I, these two guys were both recognized as really amazing uh, American capoeira teachers and players. Okay. Uh, they have a, they, their reputations precede them even outside of the U.S. Okay. And so I went and I started going again. And in this time, the second go around, I started to fall in love with the music. Oh, okay. I, I would, um, I, I fell in love with the dance and the aspects. I started to learn the tactical skills and how to really apply those tactical skills of capoeira into my everyday life and on a spiritual level. In, in capoeira, well, in karate and a lot of Asian arts, you have to be hard, sharp, and fast. Okay. In capoeira and gola, it, it benefits you to play slowly. Mm -hmm. and to soften your body, mm -hmm. to relax. Mm -hmm. um, capoeira is known for these very unusual, powerful attacks. Um, there's no soft jab in capoeira. If you get hit by it, you get hit by it, okay. right? Mm -hmm. And so the way that you deal with this is that you have to learn to, you can't block the force of that. You can't block a truck coming your way. You have to get out the way. Okay. But you can't move out the way if you're too tense and stiff. So you have to learn to smile and relax while under pressure. Mm -hmm. So this is interesting. One of the things that you said that kind of uh, captured me, I want to go back to this second uh, attempt of yours in the D.C. area. Once you found a, a new location to pick up on Capoeira, you said you were comforted and captured by the music. How, what was the impact of the music? Uh, at that time in your life, how is it that the music seemed to draw you more into the actual art? What was the music saying to you? How was it comforting you? How was it pulling you in to um, love the, the the art? Well, that's a great question because we all like music, but for the most part, most people like music, and you could you can like something and you can have a relationship with it, but there are different ways that you can have a relationship with music. Um, Let's say I, I like hip-hop. I grew up in that period of time. You like hip-hop. And sometimes you listen to a music and it might have this energy that it gives you. Mm -hmm. uh, you can listen to gospel. And it could bring out this warmth in your heart where mm -hmm. some people start to cry. You could listen to the blues or something where you're going through a breakup. And in Capoeira, you play the music. You don't just listen to it. You participate. You're playing the instruments and singing at the same time, which is a, a bit of a challenge. 
because there's a timing thing, there's this natural improvisation that comes with playing the music that a lot of black music has, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's jazz, you're, you know, it wasn't predetermined how you're gonna play, you're listening and feeling what other people are doing. So in playing the music, it was a chance to emotionally connect with people, people who I had known and people who were just strangers. Mm -hmm. A stranger could come into the space and whether they're, they're, they've been playing it for a while or they're new to Capoeira, you're all having this unique experience at this moment where you're sharing and engaging and smiling at each other. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a call and response in the music and that's a very powerful thing to where you call out and the other people call out in response and they invest their energy in you. They, they return the energy that you gave when you gave the call. Okay. There's a, a, there's a point in Capoeira where the person leading goes, yay! Mm -hmm. They do this call. They're calling to their ancestors. They're calling to the spirits that they're listening to, to awaken those energies mm -hmm. and to awaken those energies internally. And uh, it, could, it could put chills down people's spine. Mm. Uh, I, I've mm. had people come into the school mm. to try it out and they didn't know what they were coming for. They didn't know what to expect. And they're crying that first time they're playing music because it opens, it touches something in them and allows them to release and heal. Hold on for a while. Let's listen to some of the music, some of the instrumentation so that we can uh, allow ourselves to just be consumed by what you're talking about. So this was this was interesting. Uh, you might not know it, but half of the people playing that was their first time actually participating. <laughs> wow. and, and we had a mixed crowd, so there were there were some of my regular students. You were there. Yes, I. My wife was there. 
uh, we had guests, uh, a grandfather who had brought his eight-year-old son. So you have this mix of energies that are coming together. Uh, some eight-year-old little, grandson. Eight-year-old grandson, right. Yes. So you have this, this mix, some a little bit more sure than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, all having this connected experience with this common goal and each getting a turn to, well, they're, they each have their own individual instrument mm-hmm. with its unique sound and purpose. And they have to find where they fit into this, but also uh, see how the others interact within that music. So the one of the early instruments that you hear is something that most people have never heard before, which is the bit of loud. This is the long, I guess you could call it a, it looks like a large bow, an mm-hmm. arrow, which has a, a hollowed out gourd at the end. And that's uh, what the main instrument in the art of capoeira that we play. It's called a benimbao. 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 Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in capoeira Angola, traditionally you play with three benimbaos. But since we've had uh, beginners here, uh, and I was the only one skilled enough to play the instrument, we, we only hear one here. But it's really dynamic when you have the three benimbaos playing together, interplaying, moving in and out. Uh, when you hear masterful play at the benimbao, it's, you know, it's, it's a life-changing experience, especially when you are one of those players mm-hmm. uh, leading the, the, what's called the bateria, which is everyone who's playing the instruments. There are a set of hand drums called panderos. They look like tambourines, but they have a bit of a different sound than a tambourine. Um, and those keep this beat that play, and they play along the benimbao. There are agogos, which are, uh, there are two types of agogos. So uh, normally you play with one type, but in this case, we had the two types playing at the same time, just to give a little bit of diversity of experience for our, our visitors. Um, but the agogo, it's a, usually a, uh, two metal bells. Okay. Or it can be made of a type of nut you find in Brazil. And I like to think of the agogos, they remind me of the sound of water dripping. I see. Um, we have the heckle heckle, mm-hmm. which is uh, often, uh, well, you see it in a lot of uh, Latin uh, musical forms, but it's uh, it's like a piece of wood that has carved ridges in it. Okay. Uh, often you see it carved out of uh, bamboo, a large stalk of bamboo that uh, makes the sound that reminds me of insects at night. Mm. Uh, and that's just for me. I'm not saying that this is how we all interpret the instruments, but just for me, this is the feeling I get, this natural organic sound uh, almost like what you find in nature at nighttime uh, or in daytime you know the bird sings in the morning the, mm-hmm. the crickets at night uh, there there's music in the cosmos and I think we're participating with that when we're playing capoeira music so just hearing you describe the, the instruments it draws it drew me in just I can just see the instruments and because I was a part of your class uh, this uh, last couple of weeks, it has been an amazing experience. But in the D.C. area, when you got back into it, this music drew you in. I can see these different instruments, the singing, and then, then you sing and then you play. How, now, how does that happen? You sing and then you start fighting. What goes? Tell us about that. So, so this is the other beautiful part of the art, um, especially being in the, the U.S., that we're on this journey to try to find out who we are mm-hmm. as people and where we come from. And there are some blank areas, some blank spaces. And what I often tell people that this art, this traditional form is called capoeira angola. But if you were to go to, I guess, Louisiana and find this large prison there called Angola, mm-hmm. 
that uh, is named after a plantation that's there. And the plantation was named after the slaves that were taken there, uh, Angola. In, in, uh, in my research, there's, uh, there's the name of one of the first Africans in the U.S. who came as an indentured slave, but he was only a slave for a short period of time, but he was a plantation owner, okay? Um, I think on the docket, as far as his arrival, his name was identified as Anthony, I guess an African, mm -hmm. I believe, mm -hmm. but this guy was known as a landowner. He also owned slaves, but this is, this is the, this is early, I mean, early as far as the Portuguese arriving to the U.S., uh, before the British were here, mm -hmm. this, uh, before Virginia really adopted the, what we know as modern slavery, um, but but this guy had eventually moved to Maryland, and then he had moved back to Virginia and reestablished his land, and he uh, named his land the Angola Plantation. Mm. Okay. All right, so uh, it's interesting to find these stories. But now, with the back to your initial question, so imagine if we were to think of breakdancers. You have the DJ he's mixing. Mm -hmm. You have all the participants who are watching. And you might have the two, either it's a group or you might have two individuals who are going back and forth, showing sure. who's the wittiest, cleverest, most agile, most dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, and then you think about any other area in our culture. I know in, in Memphis, they have a tradition called Memphis Juke. And I get fascinated watching the same thing. You got two guys battle dancing. You have the the circle around of people watching it to the music. Yeah. Um, you could go on and on and think about these different routines where you see this, this organization of music leading this mm -hmm. relationship. But this is an old tradition. This is something that you find in a lot of, uh, a lot of cultures coming out of the continent. They have their variety of a social dance game mixed with a, sometimes mixed with a fight, sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. But we're, we're diving to something that's old that we don't know that we have in us. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like to tell this story also that it doesn't have to just be a black thing or African thing because um, I had an experience. This guy comes in to the school and I want to say he's, uh, I guess he was from uh, Croatia mm -hmm. or Bosnia. Uh, but this guy, he reminds me of Dolph Lundgren on the Rocky movie, this big, tall, very stoic guy. Mm -hmm. He says, I, I'm here to learn the capoeira. You know? <laughs> And uh, I said, all right, well, come on in. And I says, uh, you know, our, our classes, they're about two hours long, and we start off with music. Yes. He's like, music? I'm not here to, for music to sing. I want to learn to kick. <laughs> <laughs> want to learn to kick. Now, this guy, I, I, you know, I, I study uh, global affairs, uh, and I knew, and I could tell just by seeing this guy, this guy has seen some things in life. He's seen people die. He's, you know, I, I, I recall the war that occurred in the 90s there. And I, I could tell that at his age that he, yeah, he was present for some horrors. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also knew, like a lot of people, that he didn't know what to expect coming into this space. Mm -hmm. uh, had he ever participated in an uh, Afrocentric art form or anything like that in his life? I, you know, probably not. Okay. But he was open to it and we're open to him coming in. So we start start off with our music class. Mm -hmm. Now, let me tell you, the next day he shows up for the next class because 
at our school in DC, we held classes six days a week, which is very, that's um, pretty active. Consistent, you know? yeah. So we were available, the doors are open, he showed up. But this time when he came in, he came in with just the biggest smile. I can hear him sing it as he's coming through the hallway to the door. Oh, see, 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 oh. <laughs> just ready to jump into the music. Mm -hmm. He didn't know he needed it. Mm -hmm. it, it had... It had released something that was trapped and buried within his heart because of some of the challenges he had. Yes. And so, so many people who come in, who again, for their first time or their hundredth time, that um, that's what happens. I would find myself, even, even in preparing for music, I, I would come home from work. If I wasn't going to the school, I would come home and I would grab my bin and bow and I would sit in front of my house and I would just play for an hour, you know, until my hands are numb. Um, that... Uh, we reach a spiritual place through meditation, through using these tools to take our minds off of the material things that distract us to go into a place to where our soul is in unison mm -hmm. uh, with our body. The, the, the trinity that exists within us mm -hmm. relates to the trinity outside of us mm -hmm. through music. Mm -hmm. Tell me, um, in this D.C. setting, this music drew you in, you began to play and practice with these other teachers and practitioners. Was there some type of healing happening with you where you began to experience a better attitude, a better consciousness, a better uh, emotional state as you began to involve yourself more and more with this art? Yeah, yeah, on multiple levels. And like I said earlier, I was suffering from some pretty bad uh, pains in my knees and joints as I age. Uh, I think doing a lot of the karate and kickboxing, I, you know, experienced some injuries in my body. Normally, you know, you go to the doctor and they're going to cut you open, put some rods in there, this and that. And what I found, and I mean, and, and it, this wasn't easy because when I first visited the school, before I even joined, you know, I limp in and I tell the guy, like, look, I'm going to come here. I'm going to be here. I'm, I'm going to be like roaches, but first I get my knee for just a little bit. And he would look at me and he... You know, as an older teacher, there's just the experience of students who, people who might want to try it and just never show up, people who come for a, a day, a week, a month, and they don't show up anymore. And then there are those people who go all the way in. And he couldn't tell if I was one of those people who was just talking about what they hope to do, or was I going to be one of those people that committed, that commits, and he didn't know, and I can tell he's giving me this look, like, yeah, I've seen your type coming here before, we'll see, and <laughs> I showed up a second time, limping up, since my knee's getting better, I'm telling you, <laughs> be here, <laughs> and then uh, when I felt like I was ready, I went in, but to my surprise, it was the things that my first teacher told me that this was a healing art, so at 20, I didn't know what I needed healing. At 30, I had an idea of some things I needed to heal. Yes. And yes. my knees and my body got stronger. Uh, at this time, YouTube was a thing. And it was easy now to see videos of the old Capricola menstruates. These are guys who are in their 60s, their 70s, their 80s, who are still doing it. But physically, they're moving like they're 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know... You could, get, you could get your most advanced athlete or Olympian and, and see if they could do what these people are doing, and they can't. They can't. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was like, I'm going to be like that when I turn <laughs> six. So, so I had a new goal. It wasn't about being the strong guy now or being this 
fighter. No, no, no. I, I was doing this for my future self. I wanted to be there physically for my daughter and for my grandchildren. And uh, so I found healing physically, but I also found healing mentally. On my way to work, uh, with this obsession with the capoeira music, I would put on my headphones and during my commute on the train, I'd listen to capoeira music, I'd listen to the rhythm, the pattern. I'm, I'm falling deeply in love and in meditation with the subtleties of the sounds of all these instruments and the in and out and the flowing. Mm -hmm. uh, I would find myself in the morning standing on the subway train, not really holding on to the railing, which I don't recommend for people, but as the train rocks and jerks, I'm just relaxed and swaying with it to the music. And mm -hmm. Sometimes people would, I'd see, you know, you'd see your, your fellow commuters, they'd see me over and over again. And I find people who are just watching me every yeah. time. Peripheral I, I didn't care. I'm in my own world. I, right. I don't know you. I'm not going to see you later on right. at my house. At, you know, I don't care. I'm, right. I'm in my space for me. Yes. And every now and then people would say, you know, they would say, you have amazing balance. Like, what? Mm -hmm. they, they can't hear the music I'm hearing. Right. So I'm not even thinking about the balance. I'm just thinking about the movement. Yes. I, I get into the office and my coworkers are just looking at me like, are you on a medication or something? You're just so just relaxed. Like you're just in this place. Like what, what's going on? And yes. Good luck trying to explain the experience. That I so I'm, I'm having a spiritual experience through my walking life mm -hmm. every moment because of this newfound love and passion. Mm -hmm. My daughter, who's 14 now, uh, but back then I would take her to the school on the weekend. She'd be there all day. And, you know, she really didn't care for it, didn't really want to participate. I hope she did, but mm -hmm. she wasn't. But then at the same time, I would pick her up from daycare and you know, she's maybe five or six. She pretends like she doesn't like cap work, but when mm -hmm. I get in there and I arrive, she's there having the other kids in the daycare. I can hear them, oh, see, see, see. <laughs> she's singing the song. Oh, now, now, now. Yes, yes, yes. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, so it, it touches people. And even after I met your daughter mm -hmm. and a little bit before we got married, um, we'd be in areas of DC. You know, we like to just be outdoors sometimes. We go visit the park. And like I said, there are a lot of different capoeira groups. Mm -hmm. So we were walking, and I said, You hear that? She says, Do I hear what? I said, Let's just keep walking. I said, Do you hear it now? She says, Do you hear what? In the distance, you can hear that drum playing. Hear the drums playing. And when I hear capoeira music, I mean, my body just knows what's about to go down. I start breaking this relax. I start breaking the sweat, not out of anxiety. My body's just like, oh, we're about to do something. Mm -hmm. It's about to go <laughs> down. And there it is, the park. We see the, you know, one of the, one of the we have several mestres who are in the DC area. Mm -hmm. One of them's there with this group, and it's all family. Mm -hmm. These. Uh, they these are people who I've trained with. These are people who know me because I'm in the community. And when they see me, it's like seeing a long lost brother, their children, my daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, oh, come on, jump in. I look over, <laughs> I look over, at, you know, and yes. I say, can I go play with the? <laughs> okay. Where one of the things that I really admire about your class here in North Carolina, since I've been down here is the history that you give every time we come together. And you talk a lot about Brazil and it, and the art being a, a form of, of um, combat secretively. And I just want you to share a little bit about that with to my audience. Tell us a little bit about that, um, so, that so, story. So and this is a tricky one. So 
I'm, I'm going to be honest. I haven't been able to take the trip to Brazil. There's always some struggle in my life that stops me from going. Uh, in my first marriage, uh, fortunately, my wife then had this long battle with cancer. So I went through a phase where uh, I was uh, a father, a nurse, you know, at <laughs> yeah. the same time. And the money wasn't there, so I couldn't travel when I wanted to. You know, we, we faced the pandemic and other things. But I've had a, a pretty good relationship with some of the the other the mestres and those who are on path to become mestres to come to the D.C. area to travel, and and also just studying the history of the art of the culture of the people and some of the things that were happening. So this was an art that was outlawed pretty much in Brazil for almost a century. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, it was an art that was used to defend those uh, those people who were taken from their home to Brazil. And they used it to fight against the Portuguese and the military of the time. So, okay. Okay. so prior to the 100 years of being outlawed, there's another 200 years of this ongoing conflict. And at one point, there's 100 years of war where they're sitting there I guess the, the Africans had united with some of the natives of Brazil and started to build communities in the mountains. Okay. And the Portuguese would send their military to try to recapture these people, and they were getting their butts handed to them mm -hmm. by these people. Uh, and this is the time in which the art is developed. But there's also this darker time where the art was considered something, the game of gangsters or... Uh, just, just kind of the shady character. And again, to relate it back to us uh, in America, that uh, hip-hop, the hip-hop culture, or you can see the, the slang, the ebonics, you know, mm -hmm. you be ill and, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take, we're going to take the N-word and we're going to flip its meaning for our own use. Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to take aspects of upright culture and bend them mm -hmm. and fold them down. Right. And, and in Capoeira, you see this natural movement. So there's a, you're using the body and moving the body in a way that's unusual to traditional Western culture. Mm -hmm. But because of this, because it was seen as this dangerous thing, this thing outside the norm, it was outlawed. Outlawed, okay. So it had to be taught in secret. Mm -hmm. uh, the the Angoleto, who's a practitioner of Capoeira Angola, is a very tricky person. Mm -hmm. uh, whether their intentions are good or bad, we have tricks up our sleeve, and we're always thinking two steps ahead. Mm -hmm. We're always, um, we're always going to give a, a false sense. So again, earlier when I mentioned the smile, we're going to smile in your face, <laughs> okay? <laughs> uh, we're plotting. Uh, the origins of this art uh, comes from an older tradition, uh, uh, Ngolo tradition of the zebra dance. Mm -hmm. The zebra is this wild, un un untamable horse-like animal. You know, the horse is tameable. The zebra isn't. It makes it a different animal altogether and yeah. mm -hmm. how it functions. Yes. Okay? You don't imagine that. Again, the horse has all these uses. You can put a carriage on it. Yes. But you, you don't see people on a zebra's zebra. back. Zebra. You don't see the carriage. The zebra is not going to play that game. Yes. But also, the zebra kicks at the head and it bites at the ankle. Mm. When you see two male zebras going at it. So in Capoeira, we do that. We kick at the head and we attack it. We attack at the base. And so with that, there are a lot of movements that are designed to take people off their feet, mm -hmm. uh, to put them on their butt. Mm -hmm. And if that's the game that you're going to play, you have to be very aware in reality when someone's trying to take you off of your foundation, mm -hmm. when someone is trying to make you miss a step. Yes. Uh, you become, so 
after pra uh, practicing the art for so long, even now, when people just walk past me, I'm aware that I'm, <laughs> I'm activated. Yes. <laughs> I'm yes. on duty. I'm, yes. I'm looking for when are they in a place to where they could put me in danger and then how many ways can I put them in danger? And I'm not going to execute it. I'm not going to do it, but it's just, it's always functioning. Mm -hmm. um, I think what you're saying, though, that as a result of the nature of the sport or the of the art itself, it senses your spirit. You know what I'm saying? Your senses are more aware. You're more aware of your surroundings. And so your spiritual uh, person, the spiritual part of you is like activated, you yes. know, in, in different environments, you know, not that you're going into the environments to fight or to wage war. But you're activated because you are more aware of who you are as a person, right? Uh -huh, um, with this dimension, with this, with, with with what you're doing. Why do you think capoeira is important at this stage of your life and in society in general? Because it's not something that's real popular. You know, I don't hear about it. I mean, I met, I I learned it through you and from my daughter Sequina. But I'm just saying, why is it important at this stage of of, of our of our history in life right now? So it's, it's interesting, and, and what I've studied in Capoeira, there is this conversation about the experience of the Africans meeting the natives of Brazil. The natives could relate to the Africans. Mm -hmm. And they had this mutual agreement that, you know, man, we're going through some things right now with these Portuguese here in this land. What they've done to us, what they've done to you. Mm -hmm. And in Capoeira, we have a lot of movements that are inverted, where our hands are on the ground and our feet are in the air. Okay, this is very unusual. Uh, and part of the idea is that what we're fighting in this world is from an upside-down perspective. And the only way that you can really compete against something like that is to invert yourself. Mm -hmm. All right, it just has a metaphor. So right now, in our world, people are chasing goals that were handed to them from someone else, you know, I need to get a job, so I can get a car, so I can get a, you know, a wife or a wedding ring, and, you know, people want material things, the children don't go outside to play, even if it's snow on the ground, they're mm -hmm. not outside, mm -hmm. we rarely see our neighbors, people are not connecting or having a reason to connect, mm -hmm. and as humans, we're communal, and we grow through shared experience, okay. and now we don't have those things, mm -hmm. and we mentioned team sports, so you might have someone who watches football and they know their other fans. They say, you know, we won. Mm -hmm. like, well, you didn't win. <laughs> Those guys who were in the field won. You watched. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but this gives a process for us to unite, uh, for us to connect. If you were to watch video of Capoeira being played and you would see the people who are there sitting around watching the, the people play. Everyone there can play the music. They can sing. They can play the game. But what's unique is that there isn't an age limit. Okay. Okay. There's mm -hmm. as old as they want to be, mm -hmm. as young as they want to be. It isn't only men. It isn't only women. It isn't only one race. It isn't everybody with four limbs because there are, I've seen people with one leg. I've seen people with no legs. I've seen women nine months pregnant mm -hmm. who play and play to their ability and can still put a lick in all people <laughs> no matter what's going on. Yes. Uh, it's a unifier. Yeah, it's an equalizer. Yes. Um, and you're, you, you keep using the word who play. It's not fighting. You, you say they're playing. Yeah, we, so, it's, so it's the <laughs> jogo, it's the play, it's a game. Mm -hmm. and Which is also uh, 
it's interesting because again, I came from a traditional Asian martial art background where it's a hard sharp, it's a fight. Mm-hmm. And to play changes your mindset about it because it gives you the freedom to think about what you're dealing with differently, mm-hmm. to be clever, to, yeah. again, the smile, like, I'm going to have fun here. You know, it is dangerous. I mean, yeah, you can get hurt, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's fun, mm-hmm. right? It's, uh, and if you were to think about our world and our society, uh, there's a conflict that happens and the politicians, they approach it with this life or death situation. And therefore... Uh, you know, as they say, you know, to the hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. It's not playing. It only has one way to approach all problems, mm-hmm. which creates bigger problems. Yes. But in playing, you get to look at it upside down and invert it and see it these other ways to approach it. And there aren't a thousand moves in Capoeira. It's a very simple art. But in doing so, you learn to use each move in different ways, mm-hmm. offensively and defensively to... Uh, set up other moves and to confuse your practitioner. And then you take that into your everyday life, that the things around you, you get to have a relationship with things in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear people say this about careers in life. Uh, do something in your life that you have fun doing. Yes, right? definitely. It's no longer work, it's play. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, how can you expand? How can people connect with you to attend your classes, to learn this wonderful art that is part healing, part physical, part play, part music. It's very inspiring. I have personally enjoyed my time uh, participating. It has enlightened my own spiritual growth and maturity. So how can we stay connected to you? How can people find out about your classes and what you're doing here in North Carolina? Yeah, if you're in North Carolina, you can find me in my classes in Concord. Uh, I'm holding classes at uh, Black Diamond uh, uh, FNT. Uh, it's a Black-owned business that offers firearm safety training, which is a whole other thing. But they also are really about creating spaces for community programs and things like that. And I link up with them. They offered me a space where I could teach for free. So... Therefore, I don't have to charge people. My classes are free and open to the community, to all ages. And this isn't just like, okay, it's a children's class where you can dump your kid after school. Like, no, no, no. I want the parents to come in. I want the grandparents to come in. I want the couples to come in to have a a bonding activity. I want friends to come in. Bring your best friend and have this shared experience. Um, And you can find me, I guess, on Instagram. My name, uh, AJA. N-I-W-I-N-S-T-O-N and you can reach out to me there. But it's not just me. There are other Capoeira groups that are in the Charlotte area, fortunately. Um, Just do a quick Google search. You'll find them. Uh, We're all a little different, but it's all good. It's just like going to a restaurant. You know, (laughs) you find what your flavor is. Uh, And and if my restaurant is out of your range, get the next best thing. Yes. you can find uh, the group from which I come from. It's still in Washington, D.C. It's an excellent group with an excellent mastering. Uh, those who know of of our style and our game, it, our reputation precedes us. So you can look for the Universal Capoeira Angola Center at 14th and U Street in Washington, D.C. The mastering there is Dell. Man, it, it gets no better than okay. him. Okay. Um, Beautiful Capoeira Angola. Capoeira Angola. And if you're not in D.C. or Charlotte, just do a search. There are groups all over the world. Mm -hmm. They're in almost every city. There are people who 
especially in Capoeira Angola, uh, we're all motivated to share the art and to help it to grow because you know, you can't play it by yourself. You need that diversity in the group. And especially after the pandemic, there's an energy now to really keep this alive. Well, I am so uh, grateful for everything that I have learned today and over the past couple of years <laughs> about Capoeira uh, through Ajani Winston, my wonderful son-in-law. And um, uh, any final words, any final suggestions to help people you know, this program is all about helping people grow in their spiritual life uh, and their personal life and learn the importance of being close to God. And uh, I wanted you to discuss Capoeira because of the spirituality of the, of the art, the music, the healing portion of it and how it has personally helped me uh, in my own journey with God. Anything else you want to say? If I could, I have one more little story. I'm full okay. of these. <laughs> love uh, it, love it. Go right ahead. This is, this, is, this is someone else's story. It's not my own story, but it's someone else's experience with Capoeira. That, okay. uh, my, uh, I have a younger brother, and he has a friend who uh, still lives in the D.C. area, and I look out for my little brother's friends. I'm like a big brother for a lot of people out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, this young guy had always been a little overweight in his life. Not, not a little, a lot. You know, he was upwards of 400 pounds. And part of this was that in his life, uh, he wasn't used to facing the challenges that came. He would more so kind of sit back or run for them or, you know, evade them in a way. And that pandemic hit and it kind of motivated him to realize that, hey, <laughs> the game is real, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you, you know, you could be in your comfort zone and you could still die and fall off a cliff here. You know, mm -hmm. you got to take it serious. So he became motivated to kind of work out and pursue a different approach. And so I told him, he says, all right, well, you know what? You should reach out to my Capoeira teacher. Maybe Capoeira is something that, you know, can help, can, can help you. And right. again, this is a guy that was hovering around 400 pounds. So, you know, you don't imagine that he would fit this. And so he went and he gave it a try. Mm -hmm. And again, fell in love with the music fell in love with the movements. He, he realized that although it looks difficult, and maybe you could also attribute to this, that he does a class and he feels better when he left than he did when he came in. Yes. So, yes. so in a lot of workouts, a lot of activities, people feel a little broken down, a little sore, but that's not what Capoeira does. It does the exact opposite. You, you lean with more energy. The next day you have more energy. And he found this and uh, I mean, he, he brings me to tears. I, I follow his Instagram and his Facebook. He's my Capoeira hero. He yes. makes me want to train because just to see how much he's fallen in love with it and to see, uh, it's it's right now it's November of 2022. He started November 2021. Oh, wow. And, and I want to say after his uh, third month, you know, you, you can just see the transformation in him that you know he's lost so much weight in mm. one year that you see different diet plans and things like that. Uh, now, this was an amazing physical, mental, and spiritual transformation. And so when I talk with him, he tells me about how, um, you know, he has this new passion for living, oh, for beautiful. being, after being a capoeira, that he's yes. out doing things. You know, he wasn't a bicycle rider. He didn't do anything. Now he's doing these things. He's, he has a, a joyous, joyous energy, mindset, and outlook as he approaches everything in life. But a lot of it came from this experience finding this new community. I talked to my teacher. He talks about it. He said, look, I gave this man a key. They go in, they train. 
he's able to work with some of the older students who've been there mm -hmm. that just because he just started right now that he's not treated as okay you're the the minion you're the new guy mm -hmm. no no like you know there, there are people there who i call my big brother and big sister who were there 10 years before me but mm -hmm. they're it's welcoming, it's family, it's community. Yes, yes. In Capoeira, when we gather to play the game, that's called a horda. Mm -hmm. You invite other people from other groups and you play the game and he's there and he's able to see this community of people where he's, it's family. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a, again, that's, that's probably one of the best stories I could share about what happens when you get involved in Capoeira. I love it. I, I am very grateful and thankful to be a part of the Capoeira. I, I think when we, walk, when we walk into the door and we start playing the instruments, that's just fascinating to me because it's like everybody gets their instrument and we get on the beat and then we start singing and then after the singing we do the warm-ups. So by the time we do the warm-ups, before we even start fighting or playing, I'm like all in because this process of just feeling the mechanism, feeling the, the time, feeling the experience happens. You know, it, it touches my soul, the music, I, the spirit. I mean, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to shout up in here, but, you know, I'm here to exercise. And when I went this past week um, um, for Thanksgiving weekend, you know, I was having back pain. But after the class, I'm like, okay, I feel so good. So you, you, you're so right. Um, I love it, and I'm so grateful that you have been able to explain so much to um, uh, our listening audience and those who are interested in Capoeira. Please follow through. Thank you so much for joining Getting Started with Jesus, and we uh, hope that you will continue in Capoeira and be the great person that you are. Awesome. Thank you. I'm so glad you gave me a chance to share this story, and I hope it inspires other people to, even if it's not Capoeira, pursue life, pursue living, pursue finding yourself and spirituality. Beautiful. God bless you. Have a great day. So I hope you have enjoyed Ajani Winston's story about Capoeira as much as I have enjoyed hearing and listening to him. May God bless you and heaven smile upon you. So be encouraged. Join us every week and learn the process for your spiritual growth and maturity. Think about it. Grow closer to God. Experience the peace of God. Share the wisdom of God and live, oh, live in the power of God. Let me leave this verse with you from Isaiah 26, verse 3. Thou will keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Let's do it together. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory now and forever, as stated in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Amen. So don't forget to subscribe and follow this podcast and connect with us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can go to my website, www.perfectpeaceworks.com. That's www.perfectpeaceworks.com. You can email your questions and order my books. They can also be purchased from Amazon, Target.com, and BarnesandNoble.com, as well as other online platforms. Many of the topics on this program come directly from my two new books, Perpetuating Wealth, Secrets to Longevity in Small Business, 
And the other book is called Getting Started with Jesus, The Process for Spiritual Growth and Maturity. And of course, I love the Holy Bible. I look forward to sharing with you. And until next week, be peaceful, celebrate life, keep moving forward, and trust only God.